It is Thursday, October 12th, 2023. This is another playoff edition of Baseball Today presented to you by SeatGeek. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. And a quick reminder, you can get 10% off your next purchase at SeatGeek. Just download the app onto your phone. Use the words John Boy Postseason. You're going to get 10% off any tickets, whether it's baseball playoffs, NFL, college football, upcoming NBA, NHL, concert goers, even if you're a returning customer or a first-time user. So go save your 10% today. All right, Ploofy, I don't even have time for tip of the cap. That's how jam-packed we are. We're going to start it off with one team advancing to the NLCS for the first time in 16 years. And the 2-2 pitch. Hit in the air to left. Goriel is there. The Arizona Diamondbacks sweep the Dodgers and head for the LCS. I haven't yet grasped how I'm feeling right now. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to go on a bender. I'm telling you. I might disappear for 24 hours. I know that. That's for sure. I might go underground for a little while. Then, of course, skipper Terry Lovello talking to the MLB Tonight crew afterward. Maybe greatest uh, post-victory soundbite in a while, Ploof. Uh, there's been so many good soundbites this, this postseason. I love Tori. I love that he's getting to you know, cherish this. I hope he got his bender that he wanted to go on. Like, do whatever you got to do, big fella, because you, you got yourself a few off days during the postseason. That's how no, that's how you know you've played good ball is when you have, like, three off days during the postseason. All right, so let's remember the Diamondbacks won 84 games during the regular season. Was this just a question of this team getting hot, or was it something bigger? Sure, I think you could say that. I think you could say this is a team a team that's gotten hot at the right time. No doubt about it. I think postseason success kind of relies on that. You got to get hot at the right time. But that's not all it is. I mean, it's not just the fact that they've got hot. It's, it's the way they've done it. The the roster construction is fun. It's it's the new young guys. It's the old guys that have been playing good ball in Arizona for a long time who have suffered through a bunch of losing seasons. So they're really hungry. It's the veterans that you brought in. Uh, like a Longoria, it's the moves that you made uh, before the season and at the trade deadline. Like this team is just, it's, it's been fluid throughout the season and they've have they have an identity. I think we talk about that a lot and sometimes it gets dismissed as like media fodder. Uh, and, and you know what? Maybe sometimes it is, but I think, you know, with this create chaos type of ball that they have branded, um, you're seeing kind of a, a different, a different way to win. I mean, they're still moving runners over. They're still bunting with guys who, you know, they they think it's better off doing that than having you taken at bat. Like, you have to know yourself. Like, you have to know what you bring to the table and then go play your game. How many times have we heard Bill Belichick say, do your job? Mm. Like, they got a bunch of guys on this team that know what their job is, know what their role is. This is what I do well, and so I'm going to go do that. And it translates onto the field. A lot of that comes from Tori Lovello, though, being communica- being a good communicator and letting them know this is what I expect of you. So, you know, I don't think this is a team that, like, bucks analytics or anything like that because they did hit more homers than anybody or they have in the postseason so far, and you got to do that, and analytics will tell you that. But here's one point I want to make about that. These guys take good at-bats. And those homers are byproducts of those other good at bats that they take. If you're up there all the time and you're just trying to get an extra base hit or you're trying to, you know, you know, put your A swing on every single ball, no matter the situation, no matter the pitcher that's on the hill, I don't, I think that helps get guys into slumps. 
them understanding situations and playing situational baseball. And then when they get to a situation where, Hey, like I can take a swing here, I can take a chance here. They're still on the ball because they've taken those other at bats as well. Watch them. It's a great brand of baseball. They run, they've been hitting for power. The bullpen's gotten hot. Kevin Ginkle is a star, a star went right through the middle of that Dodgers lineup that did nothing in the series. But I, I think you got to give a lot of credit to kind of a little bit of everything that they've done, the roster construction, the personality, the manager, it's, it's all just played out right in front of our eyes. Well, it's funny, you know, the mantra, well, nobody believed in us. No way. Right. Because you didn't give us a reason to believe it's in true. you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, you won 84 games during the regular season. You lost five of your last seven. You lost your last four. You backed yep. into the postseason. Yep. Let's be honest and call it exactly what it was. Yep. This wasn't the hard-charging Diamondbacks that won 16 of their last 20, including their last eight, and they went in on a – they didn't do that. So why in the world should any of us believed in you? You won against Milwaukee that had two monsters at the top of the rotation and had leads, and you came back against both of them, and you won the game. You went against the almighty Dodgers, who, although their starting rotation was rickety, they're still the Dodgers. So why would we believe in you? There was no reason for any of us to believe in you. You got hot over the last two weeks. And that's what's happened here. And by the way, nobody's going to pick them, whether they have to play the Phillies or the Braves. There's not one person who's going to pick them, right? If we all have a chance to reload here, we're not going to pick them, right, Blue? They're fine with that, too. They're fine with that. That's great. If that's yes. your motivation, yeah. it's fine. But let's not use this, well, it's us against the world because nobody believed in us because you were barely over 500. That's the reason nobody believes in you. And it's perfectly, like, it's a great story. It really is. But let's call it exactly what it is. And I don't think that's being mean to them. I think it's awesome that they got hot at the right time. That's the, that's the beauty of sports, is it not? It is. And, you know, as much as you want to take away from Major League Baseball playoffs because things like this can happen, I think that's the beauty of of the sport. Yeah. And and yeah. I don't like I don't want people to point to the Diamondbacks and say, see, all you got to do is make the dance and get hot. Like, that's not a the hard only thing to do. Thing. It's hard first of all, yeah, it's hard to make the dance. Look at their record in the first half. Five seventy one win percentage in the first half, four fifty one in the second half. I mean, they barely got in. But like I said, I think that. What's happened here is guys are knowing their role and they're just like, I'm going to do my job. Mm -hmm. If I do my job and you do your job, we're going to run some wins together here. And that's what they've done. Yep. And it's been a beautiful thing. And now they get a few days off before they have to travel either to Philly or to Atlanta. And we'll have uh, another chance to talk about them on Friday's show and another chance on Monday's show. Yeah. Let's, Let's maybe send a text to Tori, see if he's okay. I don't, you know. He ain't answering anytime soon. That's my guy, Valley. Valley Boys for Life. Right. I love it. I love it. That's I think that's my wife's favorite manager in the bigs because she he played his little league at the same place where our boys play. Let me give just one quick Tori Lavello shout out because he I I think, you know, that's a great interview and I think that's gonna get played a lot. Um he's a guy that's just a rat, baseball rat, loves the game. We showed the Mookie clip when he was Mm -hmm. with Boston. This guy also used to come back to my high school. He didn't go there my high school and participate in our over the line tournament, uh, which was a fundraiser for our team. And so when I was there, I got to play against this guy and it was a big deal, man. So, and he was always cool. 
I, I love seeing him have the success. I, I am too. And you know what? Not everybody gets that long a leash. They could have probably moved on from him over the last couple of years. They didn't. They kept giving him like felt like one year extensions. And with good reason. I think that he's a guy that connects with the players, but can kick him in the ass when he needs to. And yeah, it's got a good they're reaping, yeah, they're they're reaping the rewards of it. It's awesome. Now we flip the other side of this coin in this series and get to the Dodgers. Second straight year over a hundred wins, but failed to make it out of the NLDS. Dave Roberts. You know, there's some things with the format that, you know, people can dissect or whatever. But the bottom line is that, um, you know, the last two years we've got outplayed in the postseason. And, you know, it doesn't matter if it was a seven game series. You know, we lost the first three games. And so um, for me, I've got to do a better job of, you know, figuring out a way to get our guys prepared for the postseason. Does it feel like an off season of major changes is ahead? Well, they have a lot of work to do. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they're losing a lot of guys off that roster. There's a lot of uncertainty in the starting rotation. Um, Martinez, Hernandez, Hayward, Peralta, which is basically their whole bench is gone. And that was a problem for them, I thought, in the postseason was mm -hmm. thin roster construction. Um, you know, I don't want to take away anything from these guys because they've had great big league careers, but I, I, I think, I think that their depth wasn't as good as it should be. Uh, if you're the Los Angeles Dodgers. So um, I think going into the offseason, there's this big fish out there that they've been saying that they're going to get and 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 they've been linked to this whole time. And I don't know if this helped their case at all, uh, but they need to go focus on Shohei. Uh, and then I know that's going to take a, a long time. So if I was them, I would go get these other pieces first. Like don't wait to finish with Shohei before you – complete your roster like go get some other pieces as well because you need a lot on this team um i want to speak on the postseason format because I, I i know a lot of people say oh it's that's sour grapes that's loser mentality and part of me agrees with that like you, you gotta you gotta play what's in front of you okay uh but the the layoff is a problem it's not it's not it, i, I want to stop anybody. you there just... and the astro hold on the astros are going to say no it's not but I mean, it is. It is. It is. I think we're going to have time to talk about that probably on tomorrow's show. That's why I want to okay. save you because I do okay. think we need to just focus here on the, the Dodgers for a second. And maybe that is part of the discussion is that they've been bitten by the layoff the last two years. It's possible. I don't know. None of the guys would bite on that question last night. They just yeah. wouldn't use it as Well, because excuse. it seems like, yeah, an excuse and loser mentality and... Right. I get that, okay. but that, there is a discussion there. That's all I'm saying. There is. There is. And I, I just I just want to save it for when the time is right, because we've got so much other things to cover here. And I do apologize for cutting you off there. Uh, the performance was not good, and no. it hasn't been good for the last couple of years. I mean, Mookie Betts said, I didn't do anything in this series. He hasn't done anything since kind of midway through the 2020 playoffs, it feels like. And and that has been a, a major problem. Um Freddie Freeman was not good. I mean, you could see the frustration in their post-game interviews that just now I start to wonder, you know, this team that we've given so much credit for for this 11-year run that they've been on because they have let superstars walk and it feels like they just replenish from their farm system. Well, where are those guys right now as far as everyday ball players? Josh Outman feels like a platoon guy at this point, maybe becomes uh, a full-time. No, I don't think so. Well, he didn't start last night's most meaningful game of the year. Right, I mean, it was Kike Hernandez? He was taking bad. He was taking bad at bats. That's why. But I don't I, think I think he can 
I think he can develop into an everyday center fielder. He can go I do it. too. I mean, and he played most of the year, but he d- it just at a time where you need him the most, he wasn't in yeah. there. And he actually hits lefties better than righties average wise. Um, they have too many guys that they platoon for an elite team. You don't see the Braves doing this. The Braves platoon one place and it's left field. They have stars everywhere else. Last night, middle of the game, we're pinch hitting. It's Chris Taylor. It's, you know, Kike was there and, uh, Colton Wong's hitting for Miguel Rojas. And like, what are we doing? You're changing out half your lineup. I, I just think that's the, they do that almost out of necessity because I don't think they have a one through nine. The Braves right. have a one through nine. So you right, Rose, like, but they don't need to why, do this platoon. Why should the Dodgers have stuff? a not have a one through nine that that's they can my rely point. on? I agree. I think they overlooked that part of their roster big time. And and again, there's been some injuries for sure. Uh, I mean, Gavin Lux didn't even get to start the season. Yep. There's, a lot of the pitching staff is injured. A lot of teams have to deal with that as well. But I agree. I, I think that y- you go into the postseason with that roster, and now kind of like looking back on it, the pitching staff, like the way they had to run those guys out there, four and two-thirds innings pitched, 13 Ernie's. Horrible. That From your starters? Horrible. I think that's going to be a major point because even next year, I mean, who, who's coming back from Bueller is going to be back. Uh, yeah. Sheehan will be back. Kershaw, who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. If that's right. if that's Kershaw's last start in the big leagues, oh, that'd be horrible. it can't be right. No, I don't think so. Yeah, they've got they've got a lot of issues because if you look at it, the last three years, they finished 16 games ahead of Arizona to get bounced. Last year, 22 games better than the Padres, eliminated. 2021, Braves won 18 fewer games. They didn't get the 90 wins in 2021 when they were world champs. See ya. Hit the road. Last question with the Dodgers before we move on. Dave Roberts back? I thought, I mean, he wasn't the problem. I That's not the question. I agree with you, <laughs> but that's not the question. I, honestly, I, he, sure, I guess. Like, yeah, why not? I, you know I'm not a fan of a manager carousel. I'm just not. Right. I think this is the time to get rid of him. Although I thought he had nothing to do with this series where he was. And bring in who? Like, who? Like, right. What are you in it? I mean, what was he supposed to do? He had two pitchers that didn't, starting pitchers that didn't get out of the second inning and another one that couldn't get out of the third. Could he have pulled Lance Lynn after two homers? Yes. Could have. Absolutely. Absolutely. But what a mess. What a mess for the Dodgers. A lot of this, like, has to deal with Shohei. Like, that's their main objective this offseason. And I don't think this playoff showing really you know, got Shohei excited about choosing Los Angeles. He wants to win somewhere. And yeah, they've been winning division titles. But well, let's not really reaping anything else. Shohei he does come from the Angels, though, so he's like, yeah, anything's better than that. All right. Uh, So Ploof has been doing this intermittent fasting, and he is hungry. I am hungry. So when his beautiful bride, if she ever opens the fridge, he runs over there kind of like a puppy dog, which is something that my dog, Sydney, who's actually about 12 years old, we rescued her, so we don't know her exact age. Whenever we open the fridge, she is like, <laughs> why is that? Because several months ago, we made the shift to farmer's dog. It makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. It is developed by vets. It's nutritionally balanced. It's made from real healthy ingredients to human food safety standards. That's a big deal. Some of those other places... God knows how they're prepping your dog food. Now, the Fomer's dog also sends out the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog. 
you fill out like a five minute questionnaire. You talk about the size of your dog, the breed of your dog, the age of your dog, how much exercise it gets. And boom, they figure out how much food your dog should be eating a day. And they send them in these great little freezer packets, right? They're rectangularly shaped. It actually says your dog's name on it. So it makes them feel like, oh, there's some ownership in this food. It's not just for any dog. This is for Sydney. You put it in the freezer. You take it out one day before you're going to use it. You put it in the fridge and it's defrosted and ready to go. And right now you can get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy. You get free shipping, which is a big deal because it's not a tiny little box. It's decent sized cube. Okay. That is thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy for 50% off. I guarantee you your puppy or your adult dog will look you in the eyes and say, that's what my doggy does. Phillies now one win away from their second straight NLCS berth thanks to a six-pack of homers. And the man of the hour once again, Bryce Harper. Stays put, and there's a high fly ball. Deep right field. Harper watches it fly. We will talk about the glare around second base momentarily, but let's just focus on this. Has Harper become one of the greatest postseason players ever, or does he need a ring to solidify that? Oh, I mean, you got to get if you want to be considered one of the greatest postseason players ever. Yeah, you got you have to have a ring. Yeah, I, I bet. Or do you have someone cooked up that you're going to come roast me for that? Because uh, in my mind, <laughs> if you're if you're going to be considered the greatest postseason player ever, I, I'd assume you got a few rings, not even just one. Um, but I mean, that doesn't mean we can't celebrate the guy that is Bryce Harper and and, and him putting the team on his back and and being the face of a of a massive franchise that you know i'll say this i wasn't sure it was going to work out in philly for bryce i don't know why Mm. i think if he went back to that time and place when he signed that 13 year deal it's like wow that's it's a long contract like let's see how it goes he has been perfect for them the way that garrett cole has been perfect for the yankees i think bryce harper might even be more perfect for philadelphia and i i can't believe that dude like working class Philadelphia, somehow the wonder kid, the one, one, the top prospect, big name, like he's become part of like this working class Philadelphia lore. Like he goes out there, he plays hard, um, comes up big when he needs to, he takes accountability ownership. Like he's in it, man, in the city, like he's been everything for them. And then to do what he did last night after the drama and all of that, it just adds to it. Dude, this guy's an entertainer. He's well, it's awesome, but no, he's, you can't be the best postseason player ever. If you don't have a ring. And well, I, can't not, I didn't say you. the best. I said among the best, I think, let me, okay. let me, uh, has he become one of the greatest? Can you be oh, one of the greatest in a sport where we know that individually you can't take over a game, but he seems like he does. Well, yeah, he can be an individual great without a ring, but you can't be an individual postseason great without a ring. But that's, that's what I'm talking about. Can he be yeah. a post? He really? God, I mean, oh, man. what's among the greats? How many is that, bro? Is well, it five? Is it ten? Is it fifty? Well, when the area where he is in is a select group, and depending on how you want to define the numbers, right? 
Is he like, better than a, Carlos Correa? Can you do you think he's a better postseason player than Carlos Correa, who's third all time in RBI? Um, I think he's getting there. I because he doesn't have as many at bats. Like he, who's Mister October? Reggie Jackson, right? Reggie Jackson. Okay, in November. Got, he's only got four fewer homers than Reggie in 130 fewer plate appearances. So he's closing homers in on homers that. aren't the end all be all. But I I'll know they're not. Out. But he's he's got over a one dot, and Reggie doesn't Love even that. have a 900 OPS. Love that. Good Derek stat. Jeter, right? Mister November played in a gazillion playoff games. OPS sub 840. Okay. And he's got he's got a season's full worth of plate appearances yeah. just in October and November alone. So he's got significantly God, what more. What if Derek Jeter was drafted by the freaking Royals or something? Dude? I know. Oh, well, we, we, we've had that conversation. Oh, my gosh. Now, here's the full list of players in baseball history with at least 100 postseason plate appearances, at least 14 homers, and a 640 slugging percentage in the postseason. Bryce Harper and Babe Ruth. That's it. <laughs> I knew I knew you were going to pull someone <laughs> like that. <laughs> so yeah, you can you can move the lines and the goalposts as much as you want. <laughs> when you watch him right now, if we're having a draft of you know guys you want up at the dish in the postseason with the game on the line, there's only two guys you're taking right now, right? Of active players, Jordan and Bryce. Yeah, you might you might throw Altuve in there. Altuve, uh, there's a lot of people I would throw in there, but yeah, no. I mean, no, you. Who, who okay, else how about this? Let's just players. let's just play this right now. Game on the line. You want Alvarez or Harper up? I think Jordan, but not by much. No, I yeah. I mean, it's a tough question. It's not an it's easy a great one question. To answer. No, I, I don't think, think you can... I think I go Jordan too, but I don't even know why. I mean, I mean, I do know why he's incredible, but. I think you know why, because you've seen it. I just you saw him massacre my twins. Because he's just, I don't know. Here's the thing. The biggest compliment I can pay Bryce Harper right now is that I'm more surprised when he doesn't perform in October than when he does. And in a sport where, like in the NBA, great players shoot 50% from the floor. In the NFL, a quarterback's going to complete between 65 and 70% of his passes, the really good ones. You're talking about a guy who's going to be successful well less than 40% of the time, and we're not shocked by it when he does it. It's been incredible. He's, he's incredible, yeah. Let's move to the other side of this. Oh, boy. After game two and his base running gap that ended game two, uh, Jake Mintz, of FoxSports.com was in the Braves clubhouse, and he heard Braves shortstop Orlando Arcia screaming at the top of his lungs, just to teammates, not in front of a microphone, just to teammates, kind of clubhouse banner, attaboy, Harper, attaboy, basically, hey, thanks for finishing the game for us. Like, we appreciate it. Like, it's just something that happens in the clubhouse. Mintz reported it. He didn't sneak into the clubhouse or anything. The clubhouse was open to the media. Mintz reported it. It obviously got back to Harper. And then Harper, when he was rounding second base, not once but twice, gave Arcia the stare of all stares. Now you're going to hear from both parties. We'll start with Arcia, who did use a translator uh, during his portion of open media after last night's game. When you said what you said, did you did you intend for it to get back to Harper when you said that? No está supuesto escucharlo, por eso lo estamos celebrando en el clubhouse. 
uh, he, he wasn't supposed to hear. That's why we were celebrating. That was why we were uh, talking in the clubhouse. Was there any motivation? I mean, anytime anybody says something, right? I mean, that's what it's all about. Did you enjoy staring him down? Yeah, I mean, I stared right at him. I don't want to talk about yet about the Jake Mintz situation. Let's just focus on the Harper versus Arcia. How big a story was it? I mean, it's a huge story, and it's awesome. It's awesome for the sport. I love I love storylines like this. When you watch a, a a fight, whether it's UFC or a, a boxing match, don't you love it when the people actually hate each other? When they're actually mad at each other, and we don't get that a lot in baseball. Everybody's buddy buddy because you switch teams, you play against these guys growing up. Like it's a lot of buddy buddy. You used to not be able to even fucking talk to people before the game, shake hands. Now you dap everybody up. You're jersey swapping you're talking across the uh the dugouts all this stuff sometimes it's nice to get back to i hate that dude that's the level of competition that i think a lot of fans like to see so as silly as i think this whole thing kind of is at its root uh i think it's great for the sport and i think that we might need like more stuff like this i love those those battles it's entertaining dude that that's what we need now, I, I don't know how far you want to unpack this because I have so many thoughts, but off the top of my head, I'm, I, I like it. Uh, the argument I, I heard last night on social media, and I can't go against it necessarily, is that Bryce Harper didn't play more angry, like he wasn't trying to hit home runs any more than he would have been had the comment not happened. I, I'm a firm believer in that like i don't i think, think it locks it, no i think it i think i think he he doesn't need added motivation but that little bit will it locks you in a little bit it, it, it takes it gets that chip like what is bryce Hart? he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder what does he have a chip on his shoulder for he's got 300 million dollars uh what? you know it's an extra chip on his shoulder but I guess my question, and you're only, you're the only one that can answer this. Let's go. Have you ever been? I know you didn't play in the playoffs, so maybe it's it's a little bit different here. But would you? I imagine when you get to the playoffs, you are as locked in as you can get, particularly when you haven't won that ring yet. So why would he have been when he stepped to the plate? Was he like, man, I'm really gonna get him now? I think he was mad at them. I think he was mad at himself for the base running as well. Mm-hmm. Like that was okay. not a good play, and maybe he's thinking about me and you talking crap about him on the show. Probably not, but <laughs> not definitely not. You know, I think I think all of that, you know, is part of it. The fact that he hasn't won a World Series, and you know, he he, I think he knows clearly. He knows that he's like part of baseball history now, and he wants to be remembered among the greats of the game. And I think he understands that there are certain things he's got to do to become that. Uh, he's well on his way. Okay. Um so I think there was the added motivation means something there. It does lock you in um, a little bit more. There, there's just so much to 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 talk about here. Um, I don't think anybody should be blaming uh, Jake Mintz. Uh, okay, then you want to get to that part? Then let's set it up because Travis okay. Darno of the Braves was asked about it afterward, and here we go. The clubhouse is a sanctuary, and and I think when. Things like that get out. It, it doesn't make people want to talk to the media at all. Um, it, it affects the people who have been great to us all year, and it is what it is. I bet he. T- I bet he'd like to take that interview back. Uh, it is a sanctuary when the doors are closed. 
it's the playoffs, bro. And, and here's the thing. Emotions are running high right after the game. And there's probably, what, a five, ten-minute window after the game before the, the media is let in. And then the media is let in. And then it's not a sanctuary anymore, especially during the playoffs when there's you don't have – usually there's a, a subset of five, six media members that travel with the team. Those are the people that you can quote-unquote trust because they're with you all season long and they have to have a good relationship or else they don't get to get the quotes they need. So there is that little bit of trust factor there. Once the playoffs come, more national media members are there. It's 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 not like just your people in there. So you have to be extra careful about what's going on in the clubhouse. And anything that's said there, especially like if you're running around saying add a boy Harper a bunch of times, and trust me, I don't even think that, that that's that big of a deal. Like that's clubhouse fodder. It is, but you said it at the wrong time. So you can't you can't say the clubhouse is a sanctuary when it's not when the doors are open and media is in there, you can't just go around saying whatever you want and expecting nobody to report it. That's just not how the game works. So I agree. Yeah. The clubhouse is a sanctuary when the doors are closed. That's when the boys can be boys and you can motivate your team. However you need to motivate your team, but not at that time. So I think they're, I think it looks silly that they're doing this. And especially for a Braves team, And man, I, I love this team and, and there's, I like the way they play the game, but you you have Acuna saying, if you don't like it, stop it. And these quotes about all these things, like they're once something comes back to you, now you're mad. Like, dude, this part of the game, bro. You if you give it out, you got to be able to take it too. So I if I was on the Braves, I would say, Yeah, Arcia shouldn't have said that. Not when the media is there. Like that was the wrong time to say that. But that doesn't mean that we have to go give up two homers to Bryce either. Like the game still played on the field. It's not played through quotes in the media. So, like, all you say is Bryce beat us tonight. We gave him a little bit of extra motivation. Wish we didn't do that. That's that's the that's the main thing. Nobody should be mad at Jake Mintz for this, okay? Like, he's doing his job. You said something silly when you shouldn't have said it. Say that in the first 10 minutes after the game or after the reporters are out or back in the training room or in the weight room where they can't go or the food room where they can't go. There's plenty of rooms where the media can't go. You set it out in the open. What do you expect? So I've been in clubhouses for 30 years. Uh, I think part of the reason that some people are upset with Jake is because he's a known Philly guy. All right. Is he and a known has, Philly guy? Yeah. And that has added an extra layer here because it almost feels like, oh, there's a spy behind enemy lines. He's oh, not a silly. spy, people. He's not a spy. You can like what he does. You don't have to like what he does. But he is a credentialed member of the media for a group at Fox Sports that has the rights to the baseball playoffs. So people are going to be like, oh, he should get his credential taken away. Because what? Because he did something that was perfectly legal? You may not like it. The Braves players may not like it. The next time he walks into the Braves clubhouse, people might not want to talk to him. And that's their right. They don't have to talk to him. There could be repercussions, but the Braves PR staff is not going to yank his credential. The most disheartening thing I saw about this entire story was not all, but I saw several members of the Atlanta media, people that cover the Braves, whether they're local, they work at Fox uh, 5 in Atlanta, or they cover the team, or here's what they wrote. You know, there's a, an unwritten agreement between players and media about what is reported and what is not. 
Those are the people that should lose their credentials. Those are the people that should. Your job is not to protect people, okay? And this is coming from somebody who's been accused of being too buddy-buddy with players over the years, okay? It's not your job to protect. It is your job to report what you see and hear. When those doors are open and it becomes part of a story, you are welcome to report it. Jake actually talked about it on his podcast. He said, I just wanted to make sure I heard what I heard. So I went to another reporter and said, did you hear that out of Arcia's mouth so that he could corroborate the story, which is what you do. The Braves, they can be upset that he did it, but he isn't wrong to do it. And Travis Darno, if we're going to sit here and say, you know what? I'm all for censorship. Then that's a problem. That is a real fucking problem because you know what we wouldn't have gotten? We wouldn't have gotten Rob Dibble going against Lou Pinella in one of the most amazing clips you've ever seen. Go spin it up on YouTube if you haven't, where a manager went at a player because he was talking shit to him and a local Cincinnati camera person was rolling. What would have happened if the players went up to that camera person and said, give me that tape? That is censorship in this country. What would have happened if in the Houston clubhouse a few years ago when that piece of shit assistant GM made those sexist comments to the reporter from Sports Illustrated. If that story didn't get out, then what are we doing? What sort of world do you want to live in, people, where we just protect everybody? Oh, sorry, sorry. You want to make rules? We have rules. When the clubhouse doors are open and when they're shut. Go say whatever the hell you want when those doors are shut. When they're open, it's on you. Bear some responsibility. You're a grown adult. Accept it. Instead of saying, well, I didn't expect it to get out. Said, you know what? That's on me. We were having fun. It was kind of a throwaway statement. That's that's, that's the that's thing it. that kills this whole story, dude. That's the thing that kills this whole story. If Arcia says, hey, man, like I was just running hot after a, a big win. Did you see what happened? Did you see the play? I was stoked about it. We were fired up. So I let some things, you know, slip. Doesn't mean I don't respect Harper. Obviously, he's an incredible player. I was running hot. It was emotional in the clubhouse. Like, if you come out and say that, it's almost like the story's done. I don't think Bryce Harper looks at you if you say that. Like, you got to have some ownership. I think I, I love that you brought the censorship into it, brought it to a whole new level. I just think you need to own it. Like, if you say something, like, stand behind it, dude, because this, these Braves have done that a lot. Where, like, you know, they get... You know, they're the big bad Braves. So when things are going right, they say, you know, like I said, with the with the with the um with the Acuna holding the base up in the in the video being played, if you don't like it, stop it. You know, and they get up and they you know, they puff their chest out, but then something like this gets out and Harper, you know, kind of smacks them down a little bit, and then they say, Oh, it's a sanctuary. It's like, come on, man, like you can't have it both ways. You can't be riding the highs and then hide from the lows. You 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 got to have both here. So, I think that's the main thing. If you say something, just come on and own it and just say, "Look, this is what happened. This is why I said that. Here it is." And I think it would have been a completely different story. But they denied it. There's a lot of like denying it going on. Oh yeah, then it never happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and the thing about the Atlanta media, those people, that's what I'm talking about. They're around the team so much. They have to. They feel like they have to have those relationships. That's why they're saying this. And I don't agree with it. No, it's a terrible way to go about your job. It really is. It's a bad, bad way to just sit there and protect people. You don't have to go after them, but for goodness sakes, that 
became partially a newsworthy story because of the way game two ended. And by the way, there's some people saying in our um, picture in our chat that uh, that Jake is an O's fan. He might be an O's fan. I don't know. I thought I I thought I heard that. I don't think he's a Phillies fan. Okay. well, if so, then I'm I'm wrong there. And I will be the first to admit that I'm wrong. That picture. Yeah. You know what, Chris Rose? Now I'm pissed at you. I'm going to hit some homers and look at you, bro. The picture of Bryce Harper. It's an amazing story. I read a blurb about the photographer, freelance photographer in Philly, who was hired by the team to shoot in the postseason. He's in center field, I believe. And he missed it the first time Harper hit a homer. He missed the moment where he was staring at RC and he was like, God dang it. Like, I missed the moment. And sure enough, Harper hits another, and so he got it. And that is going to be one of the most – if Philly goes on and possibly wins this whole thing, that is going to be the most famous photograph in Philly's history, which is not easy to say. Famous All right. photograph in Philly's history. That is yeah. tough. By the way, does Strider win today? <laughs> we had a crazy discussion about that last night on Talking Baseball. Uh, uh it's they were out for blood, weren't they? Channing, we want Schrider at the end of the game. Yes. I sure as heck love were. Love it. This is the stuff that we need in this sport, dude. That's that makes it must see TV to me. Just because the Phillies fans were like, we like they want Strider. Strider's like, okay, you want me? Let's go. Mm-hmm. Like this is awesome stuff, guys. He's never lost to Philly during the regular season. He's lost to him twice in the playoffs. I've said this before. It would behoove. MLB to almost like create some storylines like this. The as WWE as the party... this shit? Yes, I swear I want that to happen, dude. Even if the players are aware, just don't tell the fans or even if they know. It just I love the drama, oh. man. See, I love I, it. As I'm long in. as nobody's getting hurt, there's no balls oh, being thrown at heads and brawls, all that stuff. If it's played on the field and you settle it on the field, I love the drama, man. I think it's awesome. Okay, then let's do this. Entrance music for Strider tonight, and he's got to come out in like a robe or something. You know, maybe hop over a top rope, some sort of dramatic entrance when he's going to the uh, mound for the first time. We could I'm talk in. about this so long, dude. I, we got to get going, but man, it's going to be awesome. All right. Hey, the Astros, welcome back to familiar territory after a dominant run up in Minneapolis. The 3-2. season are headed to the American League Championship Series. We fucking grinded. I wasn't even fucking here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to be back. Seventh fucking time. Seventh fucking time. All right. Don't look that. Don't take that for granted. On seven. Everybody pop these motherfuckers. Oh my God. (laughs) That, of course, is speech of Justin Verlander, which I got to tell you, that was pretty, pretty freaking funny. What has impressed you most about this seven-year run? That it's seven years in a row in the ALCS, the consistency <laughs> of it. And, you know, like they've, there's some guys that have been there for all of it. They've let some guys go. Like it's not, it's not just the same dudes. Like they've had, I think organization, organizationally, they've just, they've continued to churn out top talent and put these guys in position to succeed it's 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 um it's an expectation there and you know i think a lot of organizations want to get to that point where they can say it's an expectation 
to be in the ALCS or to win the division or to be in the playoffs. But like a lot of it's just bullshit. You're trying to make it that way. The Astros, it really is like you expect to win. And they go out and they beat good teams and they don't care about the layoff and they don't care about anything. They go out and they say, okay, we got our guys, our best versus your best. They believe they're going to win every single time. And it's real belief in themselves, real confidence. I think that's the thing that I see when I, I look at the Astros. It is, they're never faking it out there. Like Altuve goes out and he wants to rip your heart out. That sweet young man that he is, don't let it fool you. He wants to rip your heart out. Alex Bregman, he got a chip on his shoulder because, you know, like he went from media darling to not a media darling. And I think he plays that way still. Like I feel like he's still trying to prove himself every single day. And that's a great combination, uh, you know, on the field. When you have talent plus that chip, you're going to perform. Uh, I, it's it's everything, man. It's everything. It's it's being able to turn it over to Ryan Presley, who I think has 17 straight scoreless uh, postseason appearances. It's he is. Uh, is that right, or is that just regular appearances? I don't know. Yeah, it's 17 straight playoff appearances without giving up an earned run. That's insane to me. So, like, yep. what's what's the most interesting part, the craziest part about the consistency? It, it is the consistency that they've been able to do it. That's I don't know if there's any other way to put it. This team is. They're a juggernaut, a buzzsaw. They're scary. Everything that we talk about with them in the regular season, it's not hyperbole. It's like sometimes we make stuff up to like kind of boost other teams. Like when you talk about the Astros and like their tenacity and their will to win and like I said, the confidence, it's all true. And not a lot of organizations get to that point. I don't think you can point to any other organization in baseball right now that you can say has the confidence the real true confidence that the Astros do. There's not a more galvanized organization in baseball and perhaps in professional sports than the Houston Astros because of their wrongdoings of seasons past. There are three players on their roster that were part of the 2017 championship. Altuve, Bregman, and now Verlander, who was brought back. Everybody else is guilty by association because they merely have put on an Astros uniform. And I think when you put on an Astros uniform, you know you're part of it. Yeah. Like, it's almost like you've become the heel without ever having earned the moniker. Just simply because of the people that pay your check for a living. And so they feel it. They feel it. They wear it. And the thing I, I think that Houston does better than anybody else is they expect you to succeed in any role you're in in the playoffs. Any role. And if you don't, you're out of here. Jose Urquidy is a guy that barely pitched this year. And he had, was making his first start in six weeks, I believe, or maybe had one start in the last six weeks. And he freaking works into the sixth inning. Michael Brantley had less than 60 at-bats this year. And down one nothing, who gets him on the board? Michael Brantley. They have dudes all over the place. It doesn't matter if you've been injured. It doesn't matter if you weren't with us most of the year. You get in here and you're going to get the job done, man. They are just ferocious. They are beasts. And it's why when they w ended up winning the West, 
and getting that by so they could reset their rotation. We we asked the question. You remember the question? We asked the question. Did, did well, they mess up? Yeah. Did everybody else in the American League mess up? And unless the Rangers come and save the day for the American <laughs> League, the answer is going to be yes. This is what I love about the Astros organization. Everybody else, Dave Roberts, yeah, there's some things about the postseason. He's trying not to dip his toe into that water, even though he wants to dip his toe into that mm-hmm. water because he feels like it, was, it wasn't good for his team. The Astros aren't saying that, dude. Like, nope. they don't make excuses. Now, of course, they won the series, so that's easy to not look at it that way. But I don't think they ever thought of it like that that way. I think they thought of it like the way you and I thought about it. Like, this is awesome. We get a little breather here, and we get to reset our pitching, and we're going to come out and just crush the rest of the field. That's the way they thought about it. The Braves and the Dodgers are like, oh, my gosh, I, I think we're going to, like, we're going to host these scrimmages with fans, and, <laughs> and and maybe that'll help us out. The, the Astros are like, fuck, this is awesome, dude. Thank God we got this this rest. And you put those two mentalities next to each other, which one do you think is going to be better for your team? The one that's like thankful that we got a rest. Let's mm-hmm. get healthy, get back into this series, man. That's the message you need to be sending. Not like, oh, my God, how are we going to stay? How are we going to stay? Uh, with our timing. It's like, no, dude. Like, the mind is so powerful. Like, you have to have that type of message, man. And and they figured that out. They figured that aspect of the game out. We will preview the ALCS on Friday's show between the Rangers and the Astros who are meeting for the first time ever in the postseason. Could be a Gosh, good battle. that's going to be great. There's going to be yeah. so many cowboy hats and boots and... Oh, baby. Could be very interesting if the Rangers get a few arms back, but we'll uh, we'll know that at some point over the weekend, we do imagine. Um, two quick reminders. Number one, get your SeatGeek question of the weekend by tonight on our at Chris Rose Sports social media channel so you can be entered to win. If we pick and use your question on Friday's show, $1,000 credit on SeatGeek. And programming reminder, this afternoon, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific time, the first show of floorball part two drops you're going to want to be a part of the chat the live stream bunch of new influencers from the hockey world up in canada who were great great participants so check out the game tonight we'll all be in the chat we can't wait program's amazing it really is our editors have just do such an amazing job and everybody on the technical side uh this was a fun show it went long i, know, but... I want to keep going i want to keep yeah. going bro there's we had so much to, to talk. talk about we had a lot to get into this was a lot of fun uh, for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, and the uber-talented yet fasting Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today.